bloggers always talk to each other, as we know. And um, I happened to mention to my best friend, who's a food blogger um, and still a very successful one, Jamie from my baking addiction, um, that we were doing this. And she said, well, my head company sucks. Can you help me too? And we were like, huh, there's an idea. Welcome to Become a Media Maven. You are going to love this episode. I am speaking with the co-founder of Mediavine, and she shares so much information I didn't even know about Mediavine. So if you are not new here, then you know the main bread and butter here is Media Maven, my PR agency. And then just last year, launched Podcast Clout, the software that helps you build a list to pitch to be a guest on podcast because it's like the best way to build your brand today. And this year, I decided I am going to stop treating Christina all day like a side hustle. I'm going to treat it like a business. I'm going to invest. And I launched a whole new website, launched a whole new brand with Macy Miller out of Orlando. She is amazing. If you haven't checked it out yet, check it out. The new colors, the new look, the new logo, everything at ChristinaAllDay.com. And really stepping up not only the quality of the content, but also the quantity by doing a lot of SEO keyword research and just being more mindful about what I post and when I post. I've also hired a team of writers to help me create more content. And that's all with a goal of honestly becoming a member of the Mediavine community. And when you are done listening to this episode, you are going to want to do the same, not just to make money, and create revenue in your business, but just to work with these people because they're so smart and they're doing next level things. So with that said, here is my interview with Amber Brace Girdle, the co-founder of Mediavine. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Welcome to the Become a Media Maven podcast, Amber. Thank you. Great to be here. I'm super excited to chat with you. You are the co-founder of Mediavine. I want you to kind of tell your co-founder story because I love that you were a blogger beforehand. Like talk about somebody who really knows why you are creating something. Yeah, I started my blog in 2008. I missed my grandma, so I started blogging her recipes. Um, I was living in New Jersey at the time, but I had just moved back to the States from the United Kingdom where I'd been for two years. So really missing Texas, really missing Southern food and started to write about her recipes. Um, she's the one that taught me how to cook. So it was kind of like an homage to grandma. Um, and she loved it. She loved that. I <laughs> She's like, I got on your thing. Every time I got on your thing, I was like, do you mean my website? Um, yeah. Um, and so I, you know, I was just doing my thing, food blogging as a hobby. Um, I was a fraud analyst for Travelocity and I, um, that's what allowed me to travel all over the world. And then Eric and I met at a conference that I wasn't even supposed to be at hurricane Sandy, um, caused the conference to move dates. And I had had to cancel previously. Um, but when they moved the dates, I was able to go and, So we went and I was my usual outspoken self at this conference and took on a Google employee 
um, about Google Plus and some terms and conditions I didn't like. And uh, Eric famously says the story goes that he leaned back to his buddy Josh uh, that he was there with. Josh was speaking about SEO and said, that's her. Now, why he was looking for a blogger was that uh, my other two co-founders and he, so Matt, Steve, and Eric had a company together where they ran websites. They they were bloggers. They just didn't know it, basically. Um, and their ad company said, you need a website in the lifestyle space. Writing about Hollywood stuff it doesn't give you very high CPMs. Like the traffic that comes from that is worth less than something to say a food blog. So they were like, okay, well, we'll start a food site. So they were looking for a food blogger to help them. And so I started doing that. We founded Food Fanatic together. Uh, we uh, got everything together in late 2012, but launched it officially on January 28th, 2013. That was um, sort of how we started working together. Um, and for Food Fanatic, because food content is so laborious to create, I said, listen, we're going to need help. We're going to need lots of hands because it makes light work let's hire food bloggers to create the content. And what we can do is sort of focus on something they're fanatical about. So like Christina from Dessert for Two was able to sort of veer into dinners for two and slowly introduce that to her audience. Um, and now she does them all the time. Um, and it was this really successful move for her, but we were able to give her sort of that extra push to write about uh, something that she didn't think would fit on her site at first. And that was sort of the guy's first experience with working with other content creators that had all the same pain points that they did. And so along the way, right after I started working for the guys full time, um, because I had just had a baby and I wanted to stay home with him, um, we, uh, our ad company sort of fell apart. And so now we had four families living off of, uh, you know, what we were making from our advertising, plus all of our army of contributors that we were paying every month. And Eric was like, you know, he, the way he solves problems is just to read everything in existence. And he started reading about programmatic advertising and he read everything there was to, to read about it. And he said, I think I can build us something for the websites that will work. And because Food Fanatic was just starting out, it was a lot smaller than the Hollywood gossip, which is our, still our biggest site today. It gets somewhere between 30 and 50 million page views a month. And so the technology that he built had to scale between those two sites. He doesn't like to do things twice, does Eric. So um, he didn't want to have to go in and make changes all the time to the code to suit Food Fanatic versus the Hollywood gossip. So he made something that scaled between both sites. And really the magic there is that it meant it could work on any website. And so bloggers always talk to each other, as we know. And um, I happened to mention to my best friend, who's a food blogger um, and still a very successful one, Jamie from my baking addiction, um, that we were doing this. And she said, well, my ad company sucks. Can you help me too? And we were like, huh, there's an idea. Um, and so we started out helping her. And then of course, word spread. And so then we officially launched six websites. They were all food bloggers that wrote for Food Fanatic. And originally the idea was, hey, this is something that we can do to give back to our food bloggers um, to help them make more money. Like as a thank you for writing for Food Fanatic, we quickly realized that programmatic advertising needs scale. Um, it's something like 
2 billion ad impressions. At the time, it was like 2 billion ad impressions a month were available. And we were working with six websites. So we needed a lot more to get notice from advertisers. And so we just kind of opened the doors. Um, and we had a couple of people along the way say some really nice things about us in Facebook groups. And we were off to the races. We now work with uh, 8,176 bloggers as of our meeting last Thursday. Um, and that's been in the last six, six years. So, uh, it's been pretty bananas. That's amazing. And you guys do, I mean, you say people are saying nice things about you online. Then people still say nice things about you on the internet. Yeah. Like I am, um, a part of a few blogging groups and whenever it comes to like, Hey, I want to put ads on my blog. Where do I go? everybody's like, go to Mediavine. But if Mediavine turns you down, then try these places. Like you yeah. are, always, you are always the go to. And why do you think that is? Why are bloggers raving about you? So first things first, we know what it's like to be a content creator. And that's how we focus our efforts. We don't do outbound marketing. We never have. We have literally never sent a cold email like any other ad company does. I know, you know, people get cold emails in their inbox every single day wanting them to switch from us. Um, we've never done that. We've never even done a paid Facebook ad. We've ne never done a paid Google ad. Our reputation is everything. And uh, we don't even have... Um, goals internally that relate to profitability. Of, I mean, obviously we want to remain profitable because that's how you remain in business and we pay attention to that. But our goals are solving problems for our customers um, because when we solve those problems, we all grow, we all make more money. And so by focusing on that, instead of how can we leach as much as possible from this content creator until their website's not worth anything anymore, um, we're really able to be sustainable. We're really able to think long-term and the sky's the limit. So it's really about having our heart in the right place, as corny as that sounds. Um, and it's kind of my job as, you know, chief brand officer to make sure that we stay that course. Um, every single decision that we make at the company, we're asking ourselves, is this right for our content creators? I'm sure this is the number one question that you get. What are the requirements to work with Mediavine as a blogger? Sure. So we recently had to change these. We had to change them in mid-2020. Um, they are now 50,000 sessions in a 30-day span is the starting point. Um, and then we're also looking at your traffic. What does your traffic look like? Um, we are long-term thinkers. And so we don't add just anyone that applies because they're over 50,000 sessions. We actually reject 78% of our applications. Wow. Um, and the reason that we do that is we are working to make sure that every single block that's added to the Mediavine group is quality, creating original content, is someone who cares about their blog and is invested in their blog and is not just throwing up you know, 15 pieces of content that they know are going to get traffic on Pinterest right now um, in order to make ads for, for as long as it'll ride, right? That's not what we're looking for. That's not, our content creators are our partners. And so we want to make sure that our partners are invested in the business as much as we are. Um, 
And so that's what we're looking for. We're looking for a snapshot of your traffic that shows, you know, you don't just have one viral Pinterest print, that you are receiving traffic from a bunch of different places that mean you are going to have long-term traffic um, because that's what advertisers are looking for as well. Um, And we're looking for a site layout that's user-friendly. We look Hopefully, you know, your site is doing well in terms of site speed. It's not necessarily something that's going to make or break you joining us, but we do look at it um, just so we know where the pitfalls are going to be. Um, Stuff like that is, is sort of it goes into the application process, but our application process is still handled by humans. Um, We have at least two humans look at every single application. Um, so that we know that we are making the right call, not just for Mediavine, but for every other content creator that partners with us. Do you want to be associated with that website? That's kind of how we feel about it. And what advice do you have for bloggers who maybe they're working to get that 50,000? What would you tell them to make sure these T's are crossed, these I's are dotted before you fill out an application? So first things first, use your own website on your phone. No blogger does that. And, you know, I'm just as guilty of it. I pay attention to desktop because I'm on my desktop. Um, But use your website on your phone. Is it slow? Is your email pop-up taking up the entire screen and making it impossible for people to see the content on your page? Um, You know, do you have a big enough font? What about your paragraphs? Are your paragraphs broken up so you don't have a wall of text? Doing that will ensure not only that your site is great for user experience and great for SEO, if you're making sure that, you know, like meta tags are there and, you know, all the basic building blocks of SEO are there, Um, but it's great for ads, right? Because like, for example, the the bigger your font um, and the more often you hit, you make paragraph breaks, the more opportunities there are for advertising to naturally insert itself without detracting too much from the user experience. And so, you know, paying attention to those user experience things really not only is good for you, but it's good for your ads. It's good for the advertisers because if too much stuff is taking over your mobile page, people just click away and you're not going to make any money that way. So that's first and foremost, start thinking mobile first. Um, And then look at your desktop and look at those same things. Um, And then really make sure that you are writing content in a way that um, not only answers questions that are being asked uh, when someone searches for something, but that are, that is a compelling post. That is something it's not just, you know, a lot of people talk about writing for Google. Well, Google is actually really, really good at context these days. So just write for humans, write compelling content for humans, um, and you will start to rank really well. Um, and also don't put all of your traffic eggs in one boat, uh, one, boat one basket, I mean. <laughs> um, I don't know where that came from. Um, because like, if you only focus on Pinterest, and they are the bane of people's existence these days, right? Because they keep messing with the algorithm. They keep bringing out these things like story pins that don't link anywhere. It makes no sense. I just tried to use Pinterest the other day because we're building a house. And I was like, this is impossible. Like trying to provide my builder with some ideas. I couldn't as a user pin anything. And I was like, no wonder bloggers are ticked. 
Um, and so really it's one of those things where, um, you know, don't focus just on Pinterest. Don't focus just on SEO. Don't focus just on Facebook or TikTok. Make sure you're well-rounded. Perfect. And tell me how bloggers are making money with Mediavine. Kind of dumb it down. I mean, you put ads on their blog. Do they get paid a certain amount if people view it, if people click it? And then how do you get revenue as a business on that side? So just tell me the business side, both for you and for the bloggers who are your customers. Sure. So we're really transparent about this and you can read about it more in depth on our blog, but we operate on a revenue share. So that means for every um, bit of money that you make, we get a percentage of it for handling all of the technology and the relationships with advertisers and all of those things. Um, the way that it works is um, as when you first join, it's 75% to you, 25% to us. The longer you're with us, the more that goes up in a couple of different ways. So um, we have a loyalty bonus that for every year you're with us, you get one percentage back. So at your first anniversary, you'll be at 76%. The other thing, and this relates to us wanting you to optimize your content, not necessarily focus on um, just getting more page views, is we look at your number of ad impressions. And if you go above a certain number in your ad impressions on your website every 30 days, we will actually increase your revenue share that way as well. So I think it's for 5 million, you jump to 5 million ad impressions in a month. And that's not 5 million page views. Like that's very, they're very different numbers. Um, you get 80%, you jump to 80%. So if you had a loyalty bonus on top of that, it would be 81. And then if it, you jump to 10 million ad impressions, it's 82.5% loyalty bonus on top. And then if you are at 15 million ad impressions, it's um, 85% plus loyalty bonus. And loyalty bonus caps out at five years. So you do actually have the potential to be at a 90-10 split where we get 10% and you get 90. And that 10% basically just covers discrepancies. Um, so the traditional ad company model was always to take discrepancies out of the blogger share. I remember years and years ago, my ad company, as a tiny blogger, I would go and look at my dashboard at the end of the month and I'd be like, oh my gosh, great, I made 80 bucks this month. Um, and then when I got actually paid, I would get like 65. And it was because the they have the whole ad industry has what they call discrepancies, where our ad server will say 110 ads were, were served for this advertiser. And on the other side, the advertiser's ad server will say, no, 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 only 100 served. So someone has to pay for those 10 that supposedly served, but the advertiser doesn't agree served. Um, and we, when we started, we said, no, no, we're not going to do it that way. We're just going to make it a flat revenue share. So those will come out of our portion. Um, it also helps us keep the advertisers honest because if someone starts to jump at more than about 5% discrepancies, we kind of back away from letting them bid on your auction. Um, and that makes them sort of pay attention to their technology and fix it, right? Um, so it's a really symbiotic relationship. But yeah, so how we make money um, together is that when uh, someone comes to your website, the ads load, if they're seen, you get money. Uh, if they're clicked on, you get a little bit more money. But typically, just having them seen is enough to make you a very, very good living. Um, 
especially, and you don't want to go clicking on your own ads because uh, over time the advertisers realize that they can track you and they will call that ad fraud and you don't want that. So don't tell mom to click on your ads either. <laughs> uh, but that's how we make money. Uh, we also have an influencer marketing program. So um, we do that as well. And that's like an, like an affiliate program referral. You, you invite somebody to use Mediavine or. No, so that we don't have an affiliate program. And that was actually a very deliberate choice so that when you read about us out in the world, they're not tied to a red revenue stream. If someone's writing about us, it's because they wanted to share their opinion. Um, but no, we have an influencer marketing program uh, where basically a brand can come to us and say, we want access to your influencers to have them write about us on their website um, and we will arrange that in that information. It's very similar to like tap influence or. Right. That's amazing. So, yeah, okay. So I just have, learned that. I didn't know you had that. That's amazing. Yeah, it's in, um, so in our dashboard, there's an entire influencer survey where you fill that out, you put your average rates and then when a, we do boutique campaigns, so we don't ever do spray and pray. Um, and so when a brand come to uh, comes to us, we literally search out the exact sort of blogger they're looking for. Um, check their rates, make sure they're in budget, get a scope of work from the brand. And then we reach out to the blogger and say, okay, this is the exact scope of work. How much will you charge for this? And then we go back to the brand. And we obviously, we do take a revenue share on that as well, but it always goes on top of the blogger's fee and not out of it so that the blogger is always getting the exact amount of money that they wanted for that work. And do you have to be a member of Mediavine to participate in that? Okay, so you have yeah. to fill out the application, get approved, be using Mediavine to yes. take advantage of that. Correct. Yeah, and we do that because we're able to offer brands the fact that our our application process is so rigorous that every blog you want to work with for influencer marketing is brand safe. We already know that because we did it. We checked for the ads. You're guaranteed high quality right out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah, which is not something anybody else can really offer. No, no, you're very, you're very selective, which is good. I'm sure the brands and the, the advertisers love that. They do. Um, talk to me about long-term plans for the future of blogging. Something that drives me crazy, I'm sure it drives you even crazier, is when people make comments like "blogging is dead." And oh I'm, my gosh. My, <laughs> I'm going to get you started. <laughs> They've been saying blogging is dead since before I started a blog. Um, <laughs> as long as SEO is still alive, like it's not dead, right? Yeah. Information being on the internet is not going to die away anytime soon. Um, <laughs> the future of blogging. So, um, you know, with a lot of people talk about cookie apocalypse, you know, and third party cookies are going away and, and those are how ads display ads work today. Programmatic display ads work today. Um, so the future of blogging is going to be really important. You take control of your first party data, um, which is why we've been working on products like Row.me, um, which is an engagement suite that like convinces your reader to log into your website, to get access to all these cool features or to sign up to your newsletter and get all these cool features. Um, because then that sign up and that sign in is first party data. And it's actually making people more money today because you're able to provide that to, to all of the um, traffic that uses Safari or um, Firefox. Right now, normally you can't serve them personalized ads because um, 
those two browsers don't allow third-party cookies at all. But if you have them log into grow.me, guess what? You can. So they suddenly become worth way more money, which is really exciting. Um, really, the future of blogging is going to be um, not to intimidate anybody, but it's going to be understanding that you're running a website. Um, you know, when we when I started, it was a passion project and it was, yeah, I knew a little HTML, but I certainly didn't know my way around WordPress. Um, and I just wrote and took pictures, right? Um, and so it's going to be about understanding. You might not have to do the actual hard work of creating uh, software and things like that because you'll have companies like Mediavine providing solutions, but you do have to understand how they all work together. And so long as you do that, your blog will flourish even 10 years from now is, is my personal view. Um, the future of blogging is going to include a lot of video, both from a money-making perspective and SEO. Google loves, loves, loves videos, both from an ad perspective and how they show results in the carousel and how they show, you know, these new web stories, the, the ones with video do even better. I just wish they'd figure out how to do that better so you don't have to host the video on your website in order to get a video to play in a web story because that's impossible. It's too big uh, of a file size to serve over and over and over again to multiple people. It's a whole thing. You could get me started on that, but focus <laughs> on video, focus on quality content, focus on collecting your first party data um, and blogging's not going anywhere. And the video aspect, I mean, what I do is I just put it on YouTube and embed the the YouTube video. And they, they've actually worked on making it a, a little prettier than they have in the past. And, you know, YouTube is owned by Google. So I feel like they are. Um, so Google has said they don't give their own products any preference in search, um, which is I don't really important. Them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will say we so we created a, a video player that actually makes way more money on your website than YouTube does. Um, so uploading your videos to Mediavine when you're in our in our network um, and putting those on page it still has the exact same schema output. We do a video site map just like YouTube. We haven't seen any difference, especially on like, cause we test all this stuff on our own websites. So we haven't seen any difference between having a YouTube embed and having um, the Mediavine player on um, the Hollywood gossip. It has a significant amount of traffic to test against, right? Um, and the, the returns on the money is like, you know, YouTube is like a dollar CPM and video CPMs on Mediavine range somewhere between 15 and $30. Oh my gosh. So it's a big, big difference when you, cause YouTube doesn't have any competition, right? Like they, they only allow themselves in the advertiser, um, gateway for YouTube. Whereas Mediavine, we're making everybody compete against each other. So it, it's just like an eBay auction. And so you get everyone competing against each other and they really, really want to be on your website because you're talking about, you know, um, it's a jewelry brand and you're talking about their jewelry in the post and they want to be on page. They'll pay you a ridiculous amount of money for that. Um, and so they'll keep bidding until they get the spot. Um, and that's how we're able to really drive way more money with video. That's amazing. I'm learning so much from you. Like I thought that you guys served ads and now you are like 
managers to influencers, you have a video player. So what is next for Mediavine? Like you guys just keep doing all of these new amazing yeah. things because the industry is constantly changing. You have to, you have to yes. stay yeah. up to date. And I, and you know what, that's why I think you were invited on as a co-founder because you're in the industry. Like you get it, you see what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so what's next for us. We are WordPress framework trellis is hopefully coming out at the end of the month. Um, trellis, uh, the metrics, for Trellis are ridiculous in terms of increased traffic and increased income to the point where we're actually like rounding them down <laughs> because they, they sound ridiculous. Um, but we've seen it. We've got, I think almost 2000 blogs on Trellis now that we've been doing during the closed beta test. Um, and so we have, you know, a very big data set um, and we're confident in those numbers, but we're also terrified. <laughs> So Trellis is the first WordPress framework that's been built for site speed user experience and advertising. We're going to be able to put custom ad units um, in Trellis websites uh, that will be unlike anything anybody's seen that won't, won't inhibit actually reading the website and things like that. We've been working on Grow.me, which, as I said, is our engagement suite. Um, Spotlight subscribe is the biggest thing that's come out through grow.me. And so the way that that works is instead of having a pop-up on your website for your email newsletter, um, it sits in the blog post, very prim and proper, and it's lazy loaded. So it doesn't even hurt your site speed. And as someone is scrolling down the page, all of a sudden it's sort of, I call it a pop in. So the content around the page sort of darkens just a little bit. And you get a spotlight on the subscription, um, on the subscription box. And I will tell you, so one of our, one of our internal bloggers that I work with all the time, um, I help her with this part. And so I see her numbers every week before she put spotlight subscribe on, she was getting maybe eight to 10 new newsletter subscriptions a week. Since we've in put Spotlight Subscribe on, she's getting anywhere from 200 to 500 a week. Wow. Bananas. And it's just like, it's one of those things where we test and we test and we test on the Hollywood Gossip um, and Food Fanatic and all of our other sites. And once we know we've got a winner, that's when we release it to the wider audience. So every single time that we're releasing something, we have data to back us up to say, this is the thing that works. Right. So like one of the things about Grow.me is we released this film strip carousel thing that sits at the top of the site that someone else in the industry had created and bloggers really loved. Well, it turns out now that we've created that and we have the data to back it up, readers don't click it. Bloggers like how it looks because on desktop it's beautiful. But your first, your readers aren't using your site on desktop. And secondly, if no one's clicking it, why have it there? Um, and so we've actually created a couple of other placements that have way more engagement. And I think at some point we're going to retire that film strip because it's just like the leaderboard ad that sits at the top of your site that everyone had. That one never saw good returns either. So we said, no, we're not going to run that ad position. Same kind of idea. If something's not working, we have the data to back it up and we're going to tell you this is not worth having. Let's focus on something else. Um, you know, and that's really where we see ourselves is we are advocates for our content creators. We are problem solvers for our content creators. Um, our mission statement is 
building sustainable businesses for content creators. And you'll notice ads is not in that statement. Profit is not in that statement. Um, and all of those things are incredibly important to Mediavine, but the most important thing is the long-term thinking and that your business will still be here if you want to hand it off to your kid. And I think that the fact you think of it like that and you approach it like that makes the profit come by default. Natural. Yeah, it's absolutely natural. We don't have to try very hard because, you know, we're doing things like solving problems for site speed actually improved the viewability metrics for the advertisers. And viewability is like how long um, the ad is in the viewable screen, like how long someone's eyes are actually looking at it. And by doing some different things for site speed, we were able to improve that so much that advertisers made us prove that those numbers weren't faked. And once they knew that we weren't faking anything, we just changed how the technology worked, all the money, just, just take all the money, right? Um, and that's just kind of how we do things. And it's just a natural, it is absolutely a natural side effect to making the right decision for the right reason. I say the same thing to all of my PR clients and potential PR clients at my agency because when they pitch the media to get news coverage, they're so in your face. Give me coverage. Let me be on the morning news program. Put me in this article. And it's like, no, just help the journalist do their job by offering your expertise. And by default, you will get the promotion. Don't shove your new book down somebody's throat. Instead, talk about your expertise you write in the book. And by default, your book will get that promotion. So I you love know, that approach. What's funny, Christina, is that's actually how we talk about SEO. Solve the problem naturally. Tell people, tell Google what you're an expert in by writing about the thing that you know about. And the SEO will come. That's how it works. It's really funny. It oh, is. You uh, know what? I think I think it's a problem for people because they're um, they're impatient and they don't want to take the time to be strategic. They just want it now, now, now. And they now. feel like that's that's a shortcut. And I will tell you. So my main my main bread and butter is my PR agency, Media Maven. I have software called Podcast Cloud. But I said at the beginning of this year, I am going to step up my side hustle. And that is a lifestyle blog. And I'm going to get enough traffic to fill out an application for Mediavine. And now after chatting with you, I'm like, well, shit, Mediavine has all these other things I didn't even know about. I really got to step it up. Yeah, so you that, gotta, that is my goal. You got to read our blog. We post about this stuff all the time to, you know, I mean, we've even got guides for how to price yourself on influencer marketing. Because again, we see ourselves in the same spot. We are content creators. We know where the pain points are and we want to make it better. We want to make it easier. We want to make the business of blogging better straight up. Um, and so that's what we're going to keep doing. I love that. I'm going to link to the blog in the show notes for this episode. I'm going to link to Mediavine and all of the places. Thank you so much, Amber. Is there anything else you want to add that I should have asked that we didn't touch on? And I think we covered pretty much everything. Um, Trellis is coming. There are, new, there are new updates to our WordPress plugin, Create. I don't know if you use that. Um, okay. It's our, it's our WordPress schema plugin. So you're very familiar if you've been on a food blog 
of the recipe card, right? And schema sits behind a recipe card. And what schema does is it's the code that sends to the Google search results when you see like a star rating or prep time and cook time, um, things like that. That's all transmitted via schema. Um, so create does that for recipes, but it also does it for how to. Um, and a how to card can be used for anything where you're saying, how do I blah, blah, blah. So we even have marketing blogs that use create and use it for things like how to choose the right email software for your business. And it, you know, sort of talks about going through the analysis process to answer the questions for, you know, whether you should be using ConvertKit or MailChimp or MailerLite or whatever. And that blogger ranks for that search term of which email software should I use because of the create card. Another really great story to that is we have a blogger who uses, she has a sewing blog and she uses create. Um, we were the first ones to ever come out with a how-to card. Um, and she had a blog post about how to make a face mask um, that just blew up at the beginning of the pandemic. And she won the search term. She's ranking number one for how to how to make a face mask because she has a create how-to card that's showing step-by-steps with the photos. So the photos took over the carousel um, on mobile and then on desktop when they released it for desktop. And so the tr- she basically won the lottery. She went from making, yeah. you know, a small amount of money, not an insignificant amount of money, but a smaller amount of money to six figures a month, like yeah. overnight. It was crazy. And um, the thing, the thing that I love most about Create is that when we built it, we built it because our um, our DIY bloggers were using food recipe card plugins to to make mm. how-to cards, and recipe card plugins wrote up the schema as if those were ingredients. So you've got like wooden dowels listed as an ingredient as far as Google's concerned. That can get you a manual action where they're like, we're not going to list your blog on Google. Um, and so that's really bad news bears. So that was our impetus for actually making Create. And so when we added the how-to card, Google was not parsing how-to schema at all. So that, you know, they weren't pulling out the, the time, you know, the total time it takes or the number of materials used or anything in the Google search result the way they do for recipes. So we released Create in October of 2018. By February of 2019, Google was parsing how-to schema. The only plugin that was offering how-to schema was Create. So that was the second time that we influenced Google to do something crazy like that. The first time was when they quoted us that lazy loading advertising improves viewability and they quoted us on their blog and we were like, oh my God, what just happened? Um, So yeah, really cool stuff. Um, If you build it, Google will come is basically (laughs) what we've figured out. Yeah, but you guys put a lot of a lot into that building that a lot of people also do not. So that's amazing. I'm going to link to all of the things. There's a lot here. This is loaded. It's all going to be in the show notes. And I will say create is free for everybody. Oh, even better. Even better. It's not a a media vine only thing. Create is available on the WordPress repository. You can download it and put it on your blog right now. Okay. I'm going to email my um, web gal and get that on my site. And I am all about my goal of reaching that 50,000. So Amber, we'll do it. hopefully do it. in the next year, we will work together soon. 
Fantastic. I can't wait. (laughs) Thank you, Amber. You're welcome. Okay, we covered a lot there. And like I said, it will all be there in the show notes for this episode. And you can check that out wherever you listen to this podcast. It's right there in the show notes in your app. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, I would appreciate a little tap to subscribe to this podcast so you can listen to more as the episodes come. I used to do this every week here. And then for a short time, I did it twice a week. That was a lot, people. Now I'm doing every other week. We're talking about everything public relations, blogging, and influencer marketing. And if you know somebody who would be a great guest on this podcast, let me know. Hit me up on Instagram. I am at Christina All Day. And I appreciate you being here. And I will see you again in two.